0: Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast,
1: where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature.
0: Coming to you from the high Allegheny Plateau in central New York,
1: we are your hosts, A.C. Stobble
0: and Isaac Hill.
1: Today on the Plant Cunning Podcast, we are thrilled to have Priya Kale, astrologer and writer and teacher of the ways of astrology. So thank you so much for being here today, Priya. How are you?
2: Thank you, AC, and thank you, Isaac, for having me. I'm well, just allergies, but mostly well. It's okay, good. good to be here. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you. So um, our first question on the Plant Cutting Podcast is, how did you come to the planet path, in your case, since you're an astrologer?
2: Thanks for asking, AC. Well, I started to tell you guys, and then we decided to record. My grandfather was, so I, I'm Indian by birth. Uh, by every, well, I'm American now, but I grew up in India. I've, I moved to New York when I, in 1999 when I was 22. So that was a while ago. But growing up in India, first of all, you're always surrounded by astrology. That's easy. But then my grandfather was a Jyotishi, which is a Vedic astrologer, my father's father. And although I never met him, I guess it was in my blood. So I can't remember a time when I wasn't drawn to astrology apparently the story goes my aunt tells me I think I was two when there was an eclipse and my father like showed me what it was and she said that the next six months you anyone who walked into the house all you would do would be telling them about the eclipse (laughs) (laughs) but you know so I guess it was just always a part of me and I remember always being drawn to like wanting to read about the occult and magic and astrology so my parents were both Sagittarian tropically Mm -hmm. so we always got taken to bookstores that was our outing stores and travel which was so Sagittarian and perfect perfect (laughs) but I'd always be lost in the astrology aisle and they'd know where to find me they'd be like ah there she is so it started early and then Through my 20s, well, I got married when I was young and then I got divorced when I was young in my 20s. So that was rough. And I think that's when my, nothing, but that's when my study in astrology really intensified because I was looking for answers, nothing made sense. Mm. You know, things were just like, what the hell is going on? Right. And that's, I really poured myself into that, you know, and I found myself through that. And then when I was 29, I just happened, I was still, I was working advertising. I studied art and design, but when I was 29, I, an astrologer that I used to read at the time was looking for an apprentice. So I just figured, Hey, you know what? I could learn something and how bad could it be? You know, I'll do this on the side. I'll at least enjoy it. And next thing, you know, I was reading charts and, you know, here I am. How many, I don't know. 16, 17, 18 years later. Wow. So it just kind of happened, mm. I think, at Saturn return. So uh-huh. I do have Saturn in the 10th house. Ah. What, is,
1: what does that indicate?
2: So the 10th house is your profession and your public image ah. and your career and your life goals, in a sense. Mm. And Saturn, at the age of 28 to 30, will make a complete return for everybody. Right? Yeah. So when we're about 28 to 30, it's a coming of age, you know that Saturn is you're growing up, you're becoming an adult. So where, especially where, you, wherever you have Saturn natively in your chart, you will see themes of that house really, you know, take on greater substance and you taking on a bigger role there. So for me, like career-wise, it just so happened that this was my life path, and I didn't even know it.
1: Was that a, a Western astrologer that you apprenticed with? At yes. In your 20s?
2: Yes. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, Jyotish, although it was always around me, I, when I was younger back then, there was no internet. So it was not easy to find information, you know, that a child would understand on Jyotish easily. Yeah. It was written for really, the texts are so deep and it was written for old men, <laughs> not for young children, wow. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just... Tended. I mean, I just gravitated to Western astrology for that, that reason, sense.
1: right? A little more. Now tesla.
2: I'm trying to get back and study and get back to Jyotish, but that's a whole other.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: a it's a whole new world, right, Isaac? You know. Yeah. Isaac
1: knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what okay. Amma?
2: Well, we should talk about. Yeah, let's talk about Alma. Uh... We can talk about Alma. Yeah. So,
0: oh yeah. So Ken. Who is Amma?
2: I you know. <laughs> Who is Amma? Well Amma is the divine mother. Amma literally means mother, right? Mm. Yeah. But, so she's we consider her to be an incarnation of the divine mother. Mm. She she's I mean, what can I say about her? You know? She's you have to feel her presence, but you could say that about any like real guru if you've I don't know if you've been to a guru. No. Any okay well, They say that the guru calls you, right? We don't have, we don't really have control over that. The guru calls you when you're ready, the guru calls you and you go. But I mean, gurus, whether, Amma is considered, you know, she's an incarnation, but then there are enlightened gurus as well. And in India, the guru shisha parampara, that disciple and guru relationship is so special Mm -hmm. and so I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, nothing equal to it that I can find anywhere else in the world. Right. Like I never in my whole life thought I would have a guru Mm
0: -hmm.
2: ever since I was a kid, like there's gurus all around you in India. So it's not an uncommon thing. So a guru, basically, gu means darkness, ru means light. And guru is one who takes you from the darkness to the light. Mm -hmm. So from ignorance to consciousness, that's the role of a guru. And the gurus here only for your spiritual growth. And I mean, there's all kinds of gurus in the world, but you know, Amma says, according to your karma, you get your guru. Mm-hmm. So that's also that relationship. They say the guru has been with you through lifetimes. Is he, she is, you know, helping you guide your soul to that ultimate goal of moksha, enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So what can I, so Amma, Amma Karuna Mai is her name just a little bit about her if anyone wants to know of course you can go find her on the internet she gives talks and speaks speaks a lot but and i'm blubbering but she speaks at the un she's
0: yeah she's very, very um,
2: she's very involved with like women's empowerment and un's issues and she does a lot like just charity work mm. when she was 16 she so she was born in andhra pradesh her birth was predicted by Ramana Maharishi who was another very famous guru from arunachala in india and so amma's mother was a disciple of ramana maharishi and he predicted amma's birth wow, wow. so when amma was born you know they knew from the time she was born that she was a divine being and you know her parents were both very pious loved her all of that but then when she was 16 they'd gone to Arunachala and she had a meeting with Shiva himself, her guru, you know, I mean, however you want to imagine it happened, but yeah. she was seeing it in her subtle vision. Mm. But he basically told her she was supposed to go to college and she was supposed to go be a doctor, go to medical school, but he basically told her go to the forest and meditate.
1: Yeah. And so
2: she came back and she told her dad and her dad, and, and I may be, off with the details a little bit, but I'll, you know, tell you the story. I think she told her dad, her dad didn't want her to go off in the forest because he's like, What are you going to do there? You know, it's dangerous. No, 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 all of that. So she said, Fine. And she sat in her room and meditated for two years and she didn't come out. She just would not come out. Like they would try to get her out, but she would not. And then I think, I mean, her dad wanted to build an area where she could go and meditate and then he passed away but then she went into the forest anyway and her mother kept she always says she's like my mother would keep following me into the forest with like tiffin and food trying to feed me and so I would have to keep climbing higher where she couldn't reach me so (laughs) she like disappeared off in the forest for like 10 years wow and she lived in the forest for 10 years and she meditated there for 10 years and at the end of it they had to like cut the branches of the trees off of her. Like that's how deep she was in meditation and how long she was in meditation. Oh, that the trees were growing around her. Like the shrubs were growing around her. And then, I mean, she came back out. But she's, she says, children, you know, I did that. Like, I don't need to do that. It's not for me. You know, if I'm going to be your role model, then I have to be your role model. So I'm doing this for you. Like to to show you that, you can do this too. And okay, not everybody needs to sit in the forest for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your sadhana, your practice is important. And it's everything. And that's your ultimate goal. So this world, you know, is is that Maya. It's like be in the world, but not off it. So Mm -hmm. I was just very, I don't know if I'm going on too long, but I never thought I would have a guru. And then when I was, not because, I mean, I was very spiritual. I was very connected to God, but that's why I didn't. And that's kind of why I ended up being an astrologer because when I was young, there would be astrologers who'd come over. My mother loved seeing astrologers. Even today, I'll call her in the morning and she's watching an astrologer on TV. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, shh. <laughs> so, <laughs> she still does that to me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm here.
1: Hilarious.
2: But she would always have these astrologers, Indian Jyotishis over when I was little. And they would, you know, now I understand they were reading the dashas, probably. Uh So They'd be like, oh, at 30, you'll do this at 45, you'll do this. And I'd be like, I don't know, that doesn't sound right to me. Like, I I remember being like really little five years old and being like, what you're doing seems to make sense, but I don't think you are right. Uh (laughs) So it's like, I trusted astrology, but not uh, that person so I was like okay I'll do it myself because I trust myself more Mm
1: -hmm. and so
2: I started astrology and the same thing happened with a guru like people would call me to go see a guru and I was like eh because I felt like and this will lead into my thing with Chiron as well because Chiron Mm -hmm. is that inner guru for all of us Mm -hmm. so that's why Chiron is related with the key in the hierophant Mm -hmm. which is also the guru Mm -hmm. And it's about the natural laws of nature. You know, we have this inbuilt guru within us. And then the guru appears also externally, if we're lucky. But so I was always very connected. But then when I was 31, a couple of years after I started doing astrology full time, I had a very spontaneous, I mean, of course, looking back, I can think of how it happened, but there's nothing that I could have done to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Just pure grace. But in 2008, I had a very spontaneous Kundalini awakening and it was just, it changed my life. Like for three, three weeks, I was in a very different state of consciousness mm-hmm. and I experienced that oneness, you know, and once you've experienced that there's no going back mm-hmm. to unknowing what you've experienced so then I knew I needed a guru to be honest because at that point you're like okay there's no one in this world because everyone was me so there was no one I could go to to say okay what na- what now <laughs> while that was happening and so then off that uh, probably seven years after that I met Amma
0: yeah so how did you meet her I mean she's pretty famous <laughs>
2: yeah she is so she's been traveling the United States for 25 years and she comes every year like in April and she travels till after Guru Purnima. so she'll travel from city to city I was at the time very briefly living in Kingston upstate and one of my clients who's a chiropractor in the city and has a home in Woodstock we were having a session and she's like oh Priya you're in Kingston now you should come see Amma. And I just said, okay. Which was honestly, Isaac, it was so weird because I have, my whole life people have said, come see this guru, that guru. And I've always said, no. So the fact that I said, okay, I was surprised. I was like, all right, maybe this is something, right? And so I didn't even know what she looked like. And I said, sure, I'll come. After I hung up, I Googled her and I was like, okay, I'll go. This is December. Then in April which is like almost six was supposed to come in June. So in April, I had just one morning, I woke up and I had this thought and I was like, oh, Amma's coming, Priya. You better find out when. Uh So I was like, okay, that's coming from, you know. Uh So I said, sure, I will. And I I planned I'll get in touch with Peggy at some point. That afternoon, I was buying groceries and I don't know, maybe I was at a Walgreens or something. And I'm checking out at the counter and I was like at the cashier, just swiping my card. Wasn't even looking up. And the cashier goes, are you going to see Amma? What? <laughs> I know. That was, I just looked up and I burst out loud. I was like, why would you ask? I was like, what? Why would you ask me that? And she was so <laughs> taken aback because it was almost like she didn't know why she asked me. <laughs> oh my God. And it's like this woman, this blonde woman, curly. I've never seen her before. Random woman. So she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I said, no, no, I'm not offended. I am actually going to see Amma, but it's funny, you know, that you Oh, She's like, well, here's my number. Call me, I'll come pick you up because Amma was going to be in Woodstock, which is 30 minutes away from Kingston. This woman, I've never seen her before. The day before Amma was supposed to arrive, I called her, I was like, hey, will you still take me? And she said, yeah. This woman drove 30 minutes out of her way, picked me up, took me to Amma's, and then disappeared no way <laughs> wow She just disappeared I don't know so that's how I met our mom so you were like and I, I the moment I was there I was like I was home I knew I was home like my just started you know everything just released yeah. but that's how magical it can get
1: yeah <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> That
0: is really amazing. I love that, that story. That's, that's how it goes though. In these types of things.
2: It's true. And she says, she always says, you like, children, you think you're coming to me, I'm calling you. Mm. Ah. And she'll laugh about it, you know, because yeah. she's like your children, you know, I call you. <laughs> <laughs> so cute.
1: Beautiful.
0: <laughs> so how is Chiron the, the inner guru? I've, I've seen Chiron as, as the healer and, And I mean, so, and Chiron is, is a a outer planet comet. Yes. And Chiron
2: has defied was, well, I'm not going to get into all of it, but 77 was Chiron's discovery. And since discovery, it's defied even astronomical classification. Mm. So it was first considered to be a comet, then a centaur planet, then a minor planet. So it still shuffles between a dwarf planet. I think it's uh, shuffles between classifications even now. Mm -hmm. So it does have that very Maverick shape-shifting quality, you know, and maybe, okay, you complete your question and then I'll say what I was going to say. Oh, just, yeah, like, who is Chiron? (laughs) Who is Chiron? Chiron is a minor planet that was, um, central planet that was discovered in 1977 by Charles Kowal, And I am writing, I mean, I've been working with Chiron for the past, I was born in 77. So I think it has something, you know, special to do with that. But I've been working with Chiron from the first chart I've ever read. Ah. And I have used this technique, which is something that I'm writing about in the book as well. But basically, you're looking at your Chiron transits to natal Chiron. And like its symbol, the key, it literally... Like think of, first of all, when we're talking to a client, we've got one hour. We're, if we're lucky, we're working with a client ongoing, but that doesn't always happen. If we're lucky, we have one hour with a client, we may never see the person again in our life. You know, how are you in that one hour going to give them the best reading or the best information that they need? And for that, you need to have, I mean, you know, ultimately a chart is a chart. I can't limit my client to my understanding of astrology, so I need to understand how this is manifesting for them, right? So checking chiron's transits, I think, should be like a prerequisite for every astrologer. Like that 15-minute first intake, it's like a patient intake. <clears throat> you wouldn't prescribe something without knowing patient's history. Same thing with astrology. Before you say anything about the patient, you should at least know what is going on. And just because someone is 50 or someone is 30 does not mean they're at the same level of consciousness as someone who's 25 even sometimes, even though they've been through their Saturn return. And we all know that. Why is that, you know? So this, these carbon transits, it's, it's all, it's like, and this is, I don't know if you'll find, I mean, you won't find it anywhere because this is my, this is what I've experienced and what I'm trying to articulate basically. They've got, it it, it it has to do with the alignment of the chakras. That's why they call it the rainbow bridge, right? So it's the seven chakras, seven planetary energies that are within us. And at the time of these transits, there's alignment that's happening, right? Kundalini is more active. And so the chakras are not balanced. And if there is karma, debris, whatever on the chakras, you'll feel that Chiron transit more like a chaotic, uh, you know, thing that, then you've got wounds to heal. But if you've been doing your, well, meditation is one way, but if you're living in awareness with Chiron, the key is awareness, awareness is key. If you're living in awareness, then you're you know, dealing with your wounds as they happen and not suppressing in denial. Of course, sometimes trauma is too great and we have to suppress, but then it all comes up. So because Chiron's orbit is so irregular, yeah. it passes through some signs faster than others. So, the in between transits for people are not the same, right? So Chiron completes an orbit at fifty, but the in between transits can happen, like the first Chiron transit can happen anywhere between the age of six, five to six to twenty two Wow, yeah, that's huge, so just yeah. think of in terms of consciousness that's such a you know wide range,
1: yeah,
2: and then so the final return will happen at fifty but it's those markers are important. Mm -hmm. So this is something, again, I'm kind of working through and trying to wait. I think it has even something to do with the Granthi's opening, right? So the Brahma Granthi opens with the first square, the Vishnu Granthi opens with the second and the Rudra Granthi with the third. I don't think it's, I mean, it's not that simple. So Mm. I'm still working through this stuff and maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but... Mm. it's i think chiron is a very powerful overlooked under i mean not yet very understood because we don't have enough i mean chiron hasn't completed a full year full return since discovery which is coming up in 2027 so this is part of my book i don't know how much of this i should be talking about
0: well let's maybe let's back up a little bit because i think especially with these newer planets People like to like they'll put a name on it like Uranus is Uranus, and then they'll they'll say it means certain things because of its name or uh, people want it what they want it to mean. But I think it really takes looking at charts and time of you know, trained astrologers seeing how it actually manifests in people's lives. And so from your perspective, working with Chiron and having this connection with Chiron for so long, what what does Chiron symbolize? What does it represent? In, a, in archetypically or like in a in a, in a, in a okay way.
2: good great question there's two answers one is in one way if you look at it it's a key
1: mm-hmm.
2: so what does the key represent nothing it's the door that it unlocks that's important yeah right so what is that chiron unlocking within you so i would be any astrologer i, I i'd never delineate chiron in a chart like mm-hmm. i never delineate it. i'll look at it as the whole process what mm. it's doing and what it's opening up within you or what. But on another level, and this is also part of my book. So you have to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> but is, I thought about this long and hard and, you know, working with it, right? Chiron, they talk about Chiron as the wounded healer. Right. But what is this wound that we're healing? What is this common wound that we share with humanity, with all of humanity that we're healing?
1: Mm-hmm
2: and then it goes back to the source it's it's the pain of it's it's the primal wound it's a pain of separation when that umbilical cord is cut we sense separation and that is i mean psych- psychology will tell you any trauma that's the further back it is the more deeply embedded it is you know and childbirth is a traumatic process so we feel that pain of separation and that then the rest of our lives, I mean, and that's also what locks us into, locks in the natal chart in time. It's also that moment of birth. It's also when the person becomes an independent entity, right, autonomous autonomous being. But the rest of our lives is spent seeking that connection with the mother, that primal connection that we had in the womb. And then if you go even before that, that's the connection that we have with the universe and the divine mother. So this wound that we're healing is this pain of separation from the divine. And in reality, that's an illusion. There is no separation, you know? So wherever we have Chiron in our chart, it's like, we're more sensitive to, it's empathy. We're more sensitive to pain, but we're also more sensitive to the divine. So Mm the more, if you're feeling more painful, that's an indicator that you're disconnected from your, from divinity or that divine source of consciousness. And so then illnesses happen, right? The more we are traumatized and we're in pain and we stain that and we, we pinch off that source of supply like that, the umbilical cord, the divine umbilical cord is never cut.
1: Mm, Right. Yeah. Ah.
2: You know, that's, those are our nadis in a sense. And our lack of awareness of that spiritual hygiene, spiritual connection, whatever, is what then tosses us into the darker manifestations of Chiron, which is like illness or wounding and addictions. And because what is addiction? Again, it's, it's a connection to the source. That's what we're seeking Mm. or connection. So It's, I don't know if that answered your question, but what is Chiron? Yeah, Chiron is that primal sense of wounding as well as connection that we have with divinity, with the universe, with everything that is. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't delineate it in a chart, but then as you start to kind of get into each chart individually, you start to see like, when you do the transits, you see this running thread in a person's life. And then it kind of comes back to okay, why were you even born? Right? Mm-hmm. It brings you it, Kairan's also about finding that sense of purpose of why did I even come here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I hope I didn't go off too far on the tangent. Oh no, for sure. that was perfect. No. Yeah, yeah, it does seem to me
0: like the, the 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 core existential angst that everyone suffers from. And I mean. I don't know what everyone else suffers from, but what it seems like to me
1: <laughs> is right. that pain
0: of separation. Yeah,
1: and, that's and a good observation.
0: Like being an independent, autonomous entity is 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 it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. And it's 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 being separate from the divine, but and it is an illusion, but it does seem to be underneath everything else, all of the right? other pains, all the other angst, mm-hmm. all everything else. That pain of right. separation is beneath them all.
2: Because so, whatever connection we're seeking, that's that connection that we're really seeking, right? We try to fill it with relationships and money and whatever else, but that's that inner. You know, yeah. That's it. So
0: it's <laughs> pretty brilliant. I mean, see, seeing Chiron as, as that, 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 yeah. because that is a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the most important things lacks in 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 a human life but as far as i'm aware there aren't any and it's
2: universal right it's universal it's absolutely its existence it's i mean i will say this maybe i shouldn't but it's okay in the within one month of chiron's discovery i mean go google it yourself november 1977 wikipedia Look at all the things that happened, and I'll list a few, and but they're all going to come around full circle at
1: 2027.
2: Hmm. I mean, we humanity made a quantum leap in consciousness in November 77. Hmm. We had the first Concord jet. I mean, that's minor, but f- like think of laws of physics: the first hmm. digital recording, hmm. the first TCP-IP test, so the Internet was formed within hmm. one month the first peace talks in palestine and israel now let's talk about that which is all coming around so all this stuff is just going to come around at 2027 there's more i mean go go look at it yourself i think there was the first gay elected official in san francisco so it's it's like humanity was really that's so think of the, i mean the, the earth is an organism So Chiron, like that was coming in as a guru for the whole planet, you know, it's the whole organism, like, okay, it's time to heal. But healing means that we'll see the darkness, the purging first, Hmm. but awareness as well. And then think we live in this world where, you know, it's so overwhelming. If we look at what's going on on the news, it's easy to shut down and feel like we have no power. But this Chiron, it's really, it's like we're one, one cell in this larger organism. You can't affect the whole, but you can heal yourself. And, you know, the more we feel connected with the divine, then it spreads out in waves. It does. And it's all we can do, you know? So, but yeah, this Middle East Palestine stuff, I'm not even surprised that it's all raging right now. And I can only hope that, this is the getting worse before it gets better part. Yeah. You
0: know, so, but. Yeah, that's heavy.
2: <laughs> that's heavy. Sorry, I say a lot. Oh, no, <laughs> <Of course. laughs>
0: But it, it, it is, I mean, when we're looking at new planets being discovered, like Uranus, for instance, was discovered when American Revolution was happening. Right. <laughs> Very, a lot to do with revolutions and that kind of thing. Right. And, and electricity and, and so on. So it, that, that's that's the that's one of the best ways to see how a planet is functioning, archetypically. Uh, yeah. Too. So yeah, and it seems like this the next few years have a lot of a lot of things happening. Like things, is coming around too, right? So
2: there's. <laughs> it's going to be an intense time. I can, I can already feel it. These eclipses were quite powerful, mm-hmm. and even this Venus. I mean, everything. The whole. I don't know. The whole world seems to be quickening. Pluto's at the end of Capricorn Mm
1: -hmm.
2: now. And I feel like that's, yeah. And I think that's also another important factor for us to consider because Pluto is squaring the nodes. Chiron is on the north node right now or Mm. close, right? It's like 19, 20. Where is it right now? Something like that. But I even think of Pluto and Capricorn as, you know, Capricorn, yes, is big business and government and but it's also the peak of human consciousness, right? It's the peak of humanity. Mm -hmm. And so with Pluto squaring the nodes, we're just past the eclipses. Mars is in Scorpio. We're heading to this powerful Scorpio new moon that's coming up on the 13th, which is opposite Uranus. So that's going to spark something for sure. But then I think of Mars as this personal planet, right? And even the North Node in Aries being such a, it's aries it's it's the individual where okay aries can be war sure but aries is also the individual
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and you know don't underestimate the power of one individual to spark that wave of needed change right now with that um and i don't know have you checked have you seen the sabian symbol for this new moon it's Uh, mind-blowing I actually just kind of saw it yesterday and it's,
0: it's mind blowing. Wait, let me see if I have my. I did. I found uh, that book.
2: Basically what? about soldiers. Uh, look and look at the Dane Rudd. I love Dane Rudd. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I just found but that. It's, book. Uh, it's basically about soldiers, you know, answering to their own conscience and not to authority. Ah. It's huh. literally, that's the symbol. So oh. I was so happy when I saw that. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but that's what it is, right? Like, it's very easy for these people in office to give orders for war. Who's going out and fighting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all of us, like, think this is on a bigger level. All the money that goes to war could be feeding people. Yeah, (laughs) right. And if everybody was fed, no one would be fighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I attended a UN conference a few years ago on sustainable development because of AMA. And they said that uh yeah, the it's one third of I think it's like one third of the US's defense budget could feed the whole world. Wow. Yeah. Wipe out world hunger. Wipe out world hunger.
0: Yeah.
2: So then you ask yourself, what are we doing? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> and we, you can ask yourself. The, yeah, but that's that comes at a thing about Chiron too, and healing yourself. Cause there, are, there really isn't that much that we have much control over. <laughs> right. But if we are all connected and all part of the same being, working on yourself helps other people too. And healing right. yourself helps heal other people as well. And if you're healed, you can help heal other people mm-hmm. in, in the physical as well. I mean,
2: think that you are divine in human form. So am I. And we, that, that's that self-realization, right? We're not awake yet. We haven't realized that full, fullness of our power or divine power right the ego has to die before that work can really happen so that's that work that we're doing with chiron but i I guess that's what i was saying is like as we do that then don't underestimate the power of the divine to work through you right
0: yeah
2: then anything's possible look at look at all these people in history the people who are destroying things as well as people who are doing good things they're all human So, so yeah yeah, sorry. Was Chiron discovered in Aries? No, Taurus. Taurus. Okay. Taurus, three degrees of Taurus, uh, and
0: exaltation of the moon.
2: Sorry, four degrees of Taurus. Okay. Yeah, ex- yeah, exaltation of the moon, three degrees, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, it was exactly, and that's so that's also part of my in the book, but that's the connection to the mother, right? That womb, the the nurturing energy.
0: Right. Right. Wow.
2: So, and that, that primal connection or separation all oh. Chiron's deep.
0: Yeah. We talked Chiron with Michael, on. Michael Bryan in earlier this summer, and he was also finding that Chiron, like he uh, initially wanted to like kind of not, not work with Chiron, but then it just kept on showing up in his, in his client's charts. And it was just saying, Hey, this is something you gotta, gotta look at.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so- I mean- Chiron was in mythologically the teacher of astrology and I would say he's Mm -hmm. taught me everything I know about astrology almost like I would consider Chiron one of my top mentors for sure Wow! because literally like it unlocks the chart it teaches you like the planets planets start to talk to you or maybe that's me but
0: (laughs) you know I think ideally they, they should start to talk to you yeah but if, if if they are talking to you, you're probably doing it right.
2: <laughs> well, I hope so. I, I do also have Chiron conjunct mercury. So oh. that also so kind of...
0: Has a tendency to talk in, in general. Yeah, so it does. <laughs> yeah, my, actually it, you too. You do? Yeah. Well, it's pretty close. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So then you should definitely try working with it. Okay. I mean, I, I recommend it to anyone. Like I... I would Because in those 15 minutes, you get so much valuable information of where a client is at. And it literally, for an astrologer, it unlocks the chart for you. You know exactly what those planets are doing. You know exactly what's going on psychologically with your client. The most common feedback that I get repeatedly is better than therapy. This was better than therapy. Oh, nice. and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm right. really good at what I do, but it's Chiron yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so the other thing you were talking about in terms of chiron is also like that this you mentioned the word spiritual hygiene and Mm i
2: think that is
0: just so important in general and i think in the u.s it's not mm, it's not prioritized well in in the u.s we don't even even like believe in (laughs)
2: that
0: that, uh, about it at all but
2: i i just think it's so important because yeah in india you just grow up and maybe of course, even in India, there's like the modern Indians who think it's all whatever, yeah. but they'll still do it. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just so in, ingrained in us. And that's what I love about Sanatan Dharma, which people call Hinduism. Hinduism is incorrect. Sanatan Dharma is that it's and it's not even a religion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I said that in the last lecture, but Sanatan means it's tongue is body, so it's for everybody. So the rishis, you know, this is divine knowledge. It's just a way for us to have guidelines when we're on earth. Mm -hmm. They wanted all beings to be happy and find, you know, so if there's no dogma, if you don't want to do it, don't do it, but they're just showing you how you can help yourself. But so, yeah, just starting your day with even a simple lighting a lamp or a candle at your altar and just sitting there for five minutes and even if you don't want to pray to a god you just connect with yourself it makes a world of a difference you know
0: yeah yeah i think that's it's very important and we've lost a lot in in the us of the the things i think with the protestant reformation and then right. the subsequent then atheist materialism but even the catholics they had a lot more like they had the rosary you know right just like it's a mala well and
2: here's had- another
0: they had Saudi all the saints, you know, they right? had all these prayers that you do, but starting your day off with a prayer even, or like, yeah. or a mantra is just really helps <laughs> the whole day. It yeah.
2: really does. Like even now, like if I skip one day, I, sometimes I'm like lazy and I, I can feel the difference in my day, you know? Yeah. And it's funny you said Catholic, like I, so I grew up in India, but I grew up in a very Catholic neighborhood. Hmm. So I thought I was cat. Like I went to convent school. I grew up across a church. I thought I was Catholic <laughs> till I was like seven. My parents didn't bother to correct me until one day I found out that I was not. <laughs> I didn't have mass and father said I couldn't have the host and whatever. And I was totally traumatized at the time, but that's how oh, I found no, that I wasn't that. Catholic. <laughs> but it was funny, but you know, like it, I feel like I'm coming full circle in just on yes. my own path in many ways as well. So it's interesting. And, we were going to talk about puja and spiritual hygiene Yeah, which yeah.
0: Do much well so I, I what i find so like as as i've been studying vedic astrology what i've been amazed by is how integrated it is with all the other sciences oh. yoga ayurveda exactly. puja it's all connected it's all inter- intricately connected
1: exactly
0: and in europe in in 1500 it was a lot more that way but right. it, you know since 1700 it's been totally destroyed <laughs> right but modern I've science also, right? I've also been loving with mm-hmm. vedic astrology is, is the remedies and how important those are right. and how you can just w- help the archetypical energies uh, yeah. move through you in in more helpful ways to to you know, to yourself and to everybody else but also as i've been studying you know, I'm having to, I'm learning all these new things about like Sanskrit pronunciation, right. deity forms, you know, who are the who are the dish new forms, avatars? Oh my God,
2: I'm impressed. I'm totally impressed because it's so much. Like, you so know, much. I don't know. At I don't know it all. Like by any means, you probably know more than I do in yeah. some ways. I mean, I mean like the studied part for sure. Mm-hmm. I, but I, it's like, see the rishis back then, what they did is they just, like you said, it's all connected, right? So even the people who don't believe, it's just both, It's just part of the fabric of society. Right. So that's what they did. They made it easy for us to just get the benefit. Even yeah. if you don't understand what you're doing, it doesn't matter. You do this, you get the benefit. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So temples, there's like whole science of temples. They're built. I don't, I know very little, but they all built based on vastu. So yeah. they're based on like the chakras of the body. So every time they basically you're constructing you know that space that when you enter that space you're cleared of your negativity or whatever then the way the sound travels it's all stored in the main pillar which is outside the temple and then that keeps broadcasting those vibrations all over you know things like that like we don't even know we just go into the temple and we touch this pillar because everybody touches the pillar we don't even know why we do it but we all do it but that's part of it. Like we get the benefit immediately. So
1: yeah.
2: even being little, like there would be pujas and stuff at home and I'd ask my, I'd ask my mother, I'd be like, what's going on? And she'd be like, shh. <laughs> like you're not even supposed to ask questions. You're just like, shh. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> you just sit there, <laughs> you know? But I think that's the beauty of it is like you can call it blind faith, but it's not that. It's it's practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and it's also like, you know, Sanjay Roth, by the time he was eight, he had memorized or Bra- pra- 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 Shastra. He didn't necessarily know what it meant, but right. he had memorized it. So then he could spend the rest of his life <laughs> honing that, you know, right. and understanding what that meant, what, what all of it meant and using it as a foundation. So you don't have to, you don't have to understand it to, to be able to get benefit from it. Oh. But like, in even like the temples, like we just had a podcast, not, not it was in the winter with John Michael Greer, Talk about temple technology and how that spreads right. the, the world and how it's like really does affect the growth of
2: crops, right? <laughs> you know, and then when the, the we do the yeah. whole big yadnyas, like the homa yadnyas, yeah, that with the mantras, yeah, the vibrations are supposed to be so powerful for like world peace. Soma will do a lot of yadnas with like Rudra mantras, we'll do you know, Adirudram, but mm-hmm. so. You're making offerings to the fire and you think it's nothing, but the smoke that's coming out of it is purifying our atmosphere. Right. And it's got
0: volatile oils in it and mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah, and everything. Yeah.
2: All kinds of things. So it's fascinating. Like this Vedic science is so beyond anything modern science can even touch right now. But that's and that's okay. It doesn't, it's not about a competition. It's just about if it's benefiting you, right? Right. And how can most people get benefit? so yeah
0: I, I think also it's like it's it's different it's like modern science has focused just on one thing the you know aspects of the, the physical universe. yes yeah and they've just and they've had to like it kind of only it could only develop in a protestant like atheistic exact framework because they're focused just on the material
2: <laughs> I mean even Amma says she's like you know you you say only physical matters but okay where's your mind Can you tell Uh, me where your mind is? uh Right. You can't point out your mind, but you have one, right? Or do you not? (laughs) You
1: know? (laughs) Well, who has
2: (laughs) it? Who doesn't? So then clearly. Or love. She's like, Can you can you, you know, tell me this is love? But you feel it, right? So you feel your soul. There are things that we don't see and we can't touch, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. You know, and it's arrogant to think that. It's foolish to think that. yeah and and
0: who who is the one observing the mind or the body
2: and (laughs) who's observing the mind then
0: right and and that's you you know like how do you, you can't even point to who what you are
2: right so it's it's wild like for me like just even astrology and that's why i love astrology so much it's like that the whole world the whole universe is in that little circle you know and if we can really dive into that understanding it, i mean and and that's that can be true for astrology or any path you choose right when you focus and when you immerse yourself and lose yourself in it then everything opens up
0: yeah but astrology is such a wonderful tool just for in in terms of understanding yourself and understanding the world but there it's, you can never stop studying it. You can, you know, there, they can, it can unlock so many other things.
2: <laughs> it's totally endless. It's completely endless. And I love it. I think that's why. Yeah. There's always something new, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's always something new. So maybe last thought that's coming to me right now, I was thinking was Pluto and maybe I should say this in Capricorn and because people will be listening, right? Pluto is, Capricorn is that peak of consciousness. Pluto is power Mm. and humanity is changing. We can see the world is changing. We know it's going to happen. Like we know what happens when Pluto changes signs, but then that Pluto and Aquarius is the power of the people. Mm. So if, and the node is still in Aries, right? North node is still in Aries. So if with this Mars and Scorpio, and if we can evolve, and become more self-aware like I'm an optimist at the same time look this is Kali Yuga yeah (laughs) you know there's always going to be wars there's always going to be stuff happening in the world but there's I you know hey I'm happy to be wrong but I doubt there'll be an utopia like suddenly right people talk about the Aquarian age which I don't know much of anything about but you know, there's not suddenly going to be like, oh,
0: no one's going to look at it uh, like traditionally Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. Right. And now, I mean, in modern astrology is ruled by Uranus too. So neither of those planets are benefics.
2: No. And <laughs> this is Kali Yuga. It's not getting better.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: It's not getting better, but we can still have a better experience.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say in, in Kali Yuga, it's the easiest time to attain. Mulch. Mulch. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Even Amma says, that. "She's like, like think it's darkness, right? So even one small candle in in the night, yeah, is yeah. seen. So like God sees your littlest efforts. Oh, she's like, think of when a baby starts to walk. You know, we're so excited. Mm-hmm. She's like, when you guys take a fir- that first step to God, that's how excited God is.
1: Mm.
2: You know, look, my baby's coming to me. <laughs> like, you, you take that one step, and God takes thousand. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I take thousand. You know, that's what the divine mother is. Mm -hmm. So for me, I mean, I've always been connected to God, but ever since I met Amma, like just having her in the flesh is something else, but still, you know, this universe is kind, it's benevolent and we're not alone. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're not separate from.
2: We're not separate from
0: it. From the source. Yeah.
2: No, no. Everything is one. It's trippy. Reality is stranger than fiction.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it
2: really is. It's about learning to live with nature sustainably. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only way we're going to be able to continue. I mean, the earth will be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Humans may not, but.
0: Yeah, and I, I think humans in general will be fine. I think industrial civilization might not be fine, but. <laughs> right.
2: I mean, hopefully Hopefully for the best, (laughs) right? I mean, it's always about the money. I think like they should just find ways to incentivize these people to get money some other way and they'll stop destroying the earth.
1: That's a good idea. right? That's
2: all it is. It's like finding other ways for them to make money and then they'll be happy.
1: That's a good point. Well,
0: the other thing is that like, it's not just about the money. Like money is just this medium of exchange. I think for most people who like for a billion, a billion dollars won't satisfy them. Right. They have this deep wound in them that they're trying to heal with. It's that disconnection.
2: It's that disconnection.
0: It's that (laughs) chiron. Yeah. Yeah. It's that
2: Mm chiron. And it's like no amount of material whatever is gonna fill that hole. Right. That we feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: That can only
2: be, you know, when we're connected to everything, then we feel whole. Yeah. That's that holisticness of chiron
0: right but and you also can't make anybody change and you can't make
2: (laughs) yeah
1: i guess in closing like for people who do want to connect to the divine and who do want to have like daily practices for you know grounding down in these times like what what do you recommend for sure
2: well i would say you know really keep it simple if you want to start like I have my prayers and stuff that I do, but if you have a little altar, if, even if you don't have an altar, find a space that you can sit down, just light a little lamp or a candle and maybe just close your eyes and try to focus on your third eye and just observe your thoughts because meditation is not easy, right? Okay, mm-hmm. you can say a little prayer if you want, but meditation takes time. People can get frustrated with it. Even it's not easy for me. you know. Now, after so long, I'm getting a little better at being able to sit for longer periods of time. But otherwise just sit and focus at the center of your, you know, between your eyes, your third eye Mm -hmm. and observe the thoughts. Don't try to stop them. Don't try to fight them. Just observe them. Like let them pass like clouds Mm -hmm. in the sky. You know, don't jump or like a train. Don't jump on the train. Just Mm -hmm. like let it leave the station. You stay there Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And like Amma says, and it's true, it takes at least 20 minutes for a brainwaves to even quiet down enough uh to get into a quieter meditative state. So, but if you can't do longer times, they say early morning Brahma Murtha is the best time for meditation. Of course, anytime you do it is fine, but it would be most helpful, easiest to meditate in the morning between three and six, seven. Mm-hmm. Isaac is laughing
1: because <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the best time to sleep. <laughs> you know,
2: they say it is no, but honestly, uh, to answer your question, I think just wake up and bef- what I do is after a shower, bef- shower is important, you know. Then you're fresh for the day. Take a shower, be clean, light a little candle or lamp, and just sit for five minutes, ten minutes, and just be with yourself. Forget about the world. Yeah. Then start your day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I really like that the train metaphor or the bus metaphor. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the other things is important to note is like, oftentimes it's just it's recognizing that you're on the on the train or on the bus and getting off.
2: Exactly. Sometimes mm-hmm. and that happens too, right? Like sometimes yeah, you're on and like, oh, okay, oops, and then you jump off again. Yeah. So don't get frustrated with that process. You know, you're gonna, it's gonna happen. That's the nature of the mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah. ultimately, we're just trying to finally find enough separation where you realize that you are not your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like if you can even get to that point, it's a win, right? When we start yeah. to see, okay, wait, the thoughts are there, and I am here.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, and, I, I, and okay. a lot of people don't even really. It's like when you when you get to that point where you can see your thoughts, it's like you. It, yeah, there's a there's, there's a, this
2: little space created, space. right? And so then that space allows you to react differently, yep. right, to life. Right. Okay.
1: And let yeah. them go. So like, like,
2: if some, yeah. yeah. If something happens, then immediately I have a thought and immediately react. Instead, something happens, I have a thought, then I have space to like, okay, do I want to respond this way or not? And then I can mm-hmm. respond differently. Mm-hmm.
0: And it can be easy to like not even realize that you're having thoughts. Unless you've done some meditation. Exactly. Because you're just, you're thinking and you're not, you don't, there's no space. You're laminated to them. So you don't even realize until afterwards.
2: Believe me. And (laughs) listen, I am no saint. (laughs) Anything I'm saying to you is because of trial and error and trial and error and, you know, falling down a million times in my face. Mm -hmm. But that's the spiritual path. yeah right yeah and getting back up yeah getting back up
0: back up and keeping
2: going keeping going i mean as long as and i guess maybe one last thing i will say oh if anybody wants a reading of course they can reach me you'll put that down right yeah cosmic diaries but about chiron this is something that came to me earlier (sighs) slipped my head again (laughs) it literally just came into my head and went off again Purpose, yes. So one last thing, I mean, maybe spiritual practice, Chiron, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, okay, pain of separation, we're here, we're separate from the divine, why am I even here? If there was a sense of purpose, then we don't feel that way, right? Yeah. So it's like when we're feeling like, okay, I'm needed, there's a set, there's a purpose for my life and for my being here then we don't feel so disconnected so recognize that is also another important thing to remember that you are here for a purpose even if that purpose is just self realization Mm
1: -hmm.
2: even if that's all it is but you're here for a purpose Mm -hmm. you know it's not for nothing and chiron can really help us find that sense of purpose Mm -hmm. so so
1: important if
2: you and it's so important because yeah, of you know. people feel like they're not needed they're not you know nobody what is my purpose so we're like seeds that are planted on this planet at the time of our birth and then life happens and we grow and sometimes in spite of life we flourish and sometimes the elements you know wither or you know don't make it easy for someone In hospitable conditions people can't grow well but the ultimate goal is to bear that fruit so at 50 when that chiron return happens it's like we're bearing the tree is bearing fruit and it's either fruit that can help society or it's poison fruit yeah Mm, yeah you know if you haven't fully healed yourself Mm. so that's the purpose like at 50 when that chiron comes around full circle it's like you've hopefully understood your own consciousness and now it's time to give back
1: mm-hmm.
2: the world so yeah but i but i think yes spiritual I, i've meandered and gone around but spiritual practice i think is the only thing that i would say has helped me and can help anyone honestly yeah like astrology will take us so far but off that we have to get out of our head and reconnect with our soul spirit whatever you want to call it
0: yeah Mm -hmm. well well thank you Priya this has been uh fantastic and I hope so
2: I hope so